Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant of true Bible-believing Christians and uh, truth proclaimers and defenders. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, outstanding uh, response to Alex Newman in the podcast yesterday. Thank you. Please share it because we can't. All right. Let me, let me clarify that. We can share. Uh, Facebook is kind enough to allow us to post something, but it doesn't make it to people's news feeds for some reason. We're at, we've had this conversation many, many times. Um, hey, check out our resources on our website, trusted resources at StandUpForTheTruth.com, you will find over 200 biblical and or conservative resources. Everything from teaching, commentary, uh, worldview, prophecy, apologetics, and Christian news that you can trust. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com. One word, resources. And today, Mary Danielson, welcome back. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And we've got J.B. Hickson back with us. And if you missed our previous interview with JB on his brand new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, we kicked it off last time, and I will link to that in the podcast blog at StandUpForTheTruth.com. We're going to jump into what we might call Part 2 of Volume 2 of his book and continue the interview. We talked about so many fascinating things last time with JB, um, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, um, Central bank digital currency, biometric surveillance, implantable operating systems. Uh, we talked about the Luciferian timetable and Agenda 2030. Uh, also predictions for 2030. We talked about the Knights Templar, secret societies, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Orwellian world of doublespeak, the narcissism epidemic, a post-Christian nation, and so much more in this massive volume that J.B. wrote. Just to remind you guys, if you're a new listener, he's an author and a pastor. He's over at Plum Creek Chapel near Denver, Colorado, in Sedalia. And he's the founder of Not By Works Ministries, and the website is notbyworks.org. He's written at least 10 books, and uh, he's just been unbelievable as far as informing people because he's such a good researcher. So, J.B. Hickson, it's a blessing to have you back on. Welcome, brother. Hey, great to be with you, uh, David and Mary. Thanks for having me on. You're most welcome. And you're not even in your home state of Colorado. Are you? Are you? Are we connecting uh, with you in Texas? I am. I'm down here in the Holy Land, as I like to call it, <laughs> home of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and uh, I'm really uh, having a great time this week. I'm at the, the annual pre-trib uh, conference. I've had the privilege of speaking here several times uh, this year. I'm just coming to be fed myself. And, awesome. man, what a great lineup of speakers. We've got Andy Woods, who I know has been on your show. Jeff Kinley, I think, has been on your show. Uh, uh, Tommy Ice, of course, my friend Tommy. Uh, lots of great speakers and lots of great uh, topics. And, uh, yeah, just enjoying some time with my wife, Wendy, here. Well, tell Andy I said hello. I've got to contact him about a, a date, uh, a podcast date, and you can tell Tommy that Mary said mm-hmm. hello. So are you writing this down, JB? I'm okay. <laughs> I will tell Tommy that Mary said hello. I had good visit with Andy last night, and uh, we were waxing eloquent about deep theological topics. But, okay. yeah, I'll tell him he needs to get, get in connection with you. That sounds good. <laughs> um, so we are so blessed. Mary was coming in here. We, we always meet for a little bit before the podcast, and uh, she's with us a couple days a week. Uh, we co-host together. And she was going through your book, and there's something we want to dive into right now immediately that she – because Friday – we did a podcast, I don't remember the topic at this point, uh, what we were talking about Friday, but we mentioned a quote, we're talking about the UN, and, and Mary, I'll just let you take it away and then fire the first question over to JB. Well, I'm going to just back up just a little bit here. <laughs> uh-huh. Friday, we were talking uh, about an article by Jonathan Bretner. That's right. Where he lists so many things, you know, that we are just on the verge of so many different things. And um, he wrote an article called Transhumanism Marching Toward the Mark. And in that, he has a quote by Aldous Huxley. And the reason this is interesting 
is because when I opened your book, I opened it up to your quote by Julian Huxley. And it really caught my attention because Aldous said, um, he was basically saying, uh, the global blueprint for subjugating humanity in the, at some point would be a pharmacological method wow. of bringing people into servitude. And he said this at a, uh, a conference, oh, California Medical School in 1961. He 61. said that. 61. So he was predicting pharmacological control over people. So then I opened your book. And you talk about Julian Huxley, considered the father of transhumanism, and he actually coined the term transhumanism, and I had no idea. And then you go on to talk about an executive order um, that Biden signed on September 12, 2022. And this is a very, very disturbing thing, mm. because it has to do with Americans surrendering their human rights and any rights that stand in the way of transhumanism. And you cite an article by Leo Holman, which is just excellent. Um, and Leo quotes Patrick Wood. I mean, this is just a, a full, full subject. But I guess I want to ask you uh, if you would explain to us what that executive order is. Um, again, it's very disturbing and how they intend to redefine what it means to be made in God's image. Could you just talk mm. a little bit about that EO? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, the the Luciferian elite who are kind of the ones pulling the strings in this Luciferian conspiracy to usher in the one world system uh, politically, religiously and economically, uh, they are all transhumanists. They are trying to create God in the image of man. They're trying to uh, accomplish the one thing that Satan hasn't been able to conquer, and that's life, the creation of life. And he never will be able to, by the way. And they're going to artificial life, artificial intelligence, and it will mimic, like so many of Satan's signs and wonders, uh, very closely uh, the you know mankind. But it will ne- they'll never be able to create life ex nihilo the way our Creator God did. But that's their goal. They're trying to destroy humanity, which of course is made in the image of uh, God, uh, male and female. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to destroy that completely yep. and recreate humanity uh you know a, a sort of a competing uh concept of humanity mm-hmm. but yeah on uh, september 12 2022 biden signed this uh this executive order it it was almost nothing but crickets in the mainstream media mm-hmm. uh, which of course should not surprise us but it was uh it was pretty uh, pretty stunning pretty uh disturbing the executive order is called executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for sustainable safe and secure american bioeconomy mm-hmm. now that's a mouthful but yeah. a lot of these executive orders are have titles uh, like that but it's uh you know it's it's basically essentially uh you know paving the way for uh, america to join the rest of the the you know globalist controlled world uh, in, in surrendering their human rights and paving the way for transhumanism. Um, you know, they, they, uh, the, the pharmaceutical companies, and as you know, and we've talked about before on your show, David, uh, the Greek word, uh, pharmakia is often translated sorcery and yep. will play a key role in the future yes. tribulation period. And that just goes to show us that the control grid, the control mechanism that the Luciferians are rolling out has a chemical biological component it's not all uh, simply guns and tanks and and prisons uh the global control grid that, and surveillance grid that they're rolling out also involves as you as we mentioned last time on the show and you reviewed earlier uh, you know biotechnology of some kind so this is just uh you know the u.s's way of uh, paving the way for clinical trials and essentially uh, jumping on board the transhumanist uh, bandwagon well, and we won't know the degree that this executive order affects us until it does. In yes. other words, we don't understand until it's it. Too late. Yeah, Biden didn't understand it. I'm pretty sure of that. But some kind <laughs> oh, of gene editing technology <laughs> could be mandated in our future. Yeah, I read part of the executive order and it had several words with more than three letters. So I can guarantee you Biden didn't understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Sadly, that's true. Uh, JB, so you write about Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. So for our brand new listeners and our newer listeners that we always seem to have, thank God, uh, people finding out about the podcast who don't know a lot of this background. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about the World Economic Forum and the UN and their influence in globalism. But I want to go back to a key word in that document title, 
and that is sustainable. Sustainable, safe, yeah. secure. So SDG, what is that? SDGs are sustainable development goals. Alex Newman and I, we, he shared a lot about sustainable development. This is Agenda 2030, that, which is now, it's going to be about seven years away. You know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, we thought that's, that's way, way, way into the future. And now we look at 2030 and go, whoa, if Jesus doesn't return, before it's it's going to be here before we know it so could you bring some of our listeners up to speed who are just now understanding the radical environmentalist movement the globalist and sustainable development goals what do they mean by that yeah so you have to go all the way back to 1992 to, to where it really began to take shape of course the the radical climate change movement goes back even decades before that, mm-hmm. but it really hit the mainstream with Agenda 21 at the Rio conference in uh, the summer of 1992, and 178 governments signed on uh, at that time to Agenda 21, including the United States. Um, but uh, the Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, comes from uh, kind of the, the extension or expansion of that, which is Agenda 2030, and, um, you know, a lot of our listeners, uh, I think, understand that Agenda 21 was, the 21 there stands for the 21st century. Again, it was uh, put forth in 1992, and they were basically saying, here's what the 21st century is going to look like. Well, as things have advanced, they've gone a lot faster than the Luciferians expected. As I think we talked about last time, uh, Chapter 4 in my book gives the Luciferian timeline where they've been talking for decades about the year 2025 and the mid-2020s and, of course, now with Agenda 2030. They really believe they can roll out the New World Order, the One World System, by the end of this decade. Uh, But a key part of that was these 17 sustainable development goals that Agenda 2030, a uh, UN-sponsored agreement. And by the way, the UN and the World Economic Forum, as you know, are essentially hand in puppet now. They're they're (laughs) two sides of the same coin. Uh, So uh, they rolled these out. Um, These are what all nations are required to meet. They relate to climate, health, economy, as we talked about with the um, CBDCs, the the central bank digital currencies. Uh, They relate to gender, to education. Basically, a lot of the... uh, Spirits of the Antichrist manifestations that I talk about in these two books are are, are outlined in uh, the 2030 uh, Sustainable Development Goals. It's all part of the Great Reset. So in this article we have over at leohoman.com, he talks about this executive order as well. Um, and he said this executive order is proof that the president, the executive branch, is now owned lock, stock, and barrel by the biomedical pharmaceutical industry. So I want to back up just a little bit and quote um, from Biden's executive order, saying we need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write for cells and predictability program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers, including through computing tools and artificial intelligence. So we we know Biden has no idea what this is. Someone wrote this order, and we know it, it wasn't him, and probably some in his administration. Mm-hmm. So who's calling the shots, JB, when you're talking about the globalists and the power elites that are in charge here that would send this over, if you want to put it that way, to the Biden administration, give them marching orders? Yeah, so I think most people by now, thanks to the 2020 uh, election and pandemic, most people are waking up to the fact that there is a shadow government, uh, uh, what uh, some people call the deep state. Mm-hmm. But I think where most people still haven't quite connected the dots uh, accurately from a biblical worldview is understanding that this, the top of the pyramid is a Luciferian elite. Mm-hmm. These are Satan's earthly co-conspirators who are taking their marching orders directly from him mm-hmm. and really pulling the strings of world power. Now, that doesn't mean it's monolithic. They can't control everything, and certainly Satan himself is not omnipotent or omniscient uh, or omnipresent. But uh, for things like this, when you say who's calling the shots, it would definitely be the Luciferian elite that are kind of hiding behind the shadows in dark, smoke-filled rooms, and they are uh, have their agents kind of infiltrated in all sectors of society and especially government within Washington, D.C., and uh, they kind of pulled the shots. And so uh, all of our presidents, this isn't a Democrat-Republican thing. Uh, this is a, a controlled asset thing. And we, we've talked about before the fake left-right paradigm and how that goes back you know, to the 60s. 
mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Carol Quigley and the CFR kind of establishing this fake left-right paradigm so they can advance their agenda while having controlled opposition. So right now they, they needed Biden in there, which is why they uh, put him in office, and he's essentially a placeholder. He really is not being useful other than just someone filling that position but things are happening very rapidly yes. uh, to advance their agenda behind the scenes during the last uh, two years mm-hmm. it's so interesting that you talk about you know all the people behind the scenes i think a lot of the futurists who wrote maybe in the 20s and 30s the eugenicists you know envisioning this world i think they would say well we have accomplished what we wanted my husband and i were talking this morning and i said no you're actually the useful idiots of satan in the last days um, because they're everywhere and they feel that they're doing a good thing. Mm. And I think, tell me what you think about this. You know, these mRNA injections that so many people have already gotten. And after the fact now, now that all this is coming out and the big picture is coming out, I'm amazed at what they've been able to accomplish just through mRNA uh, injections. You know, uh, Moderna's former chief medical officer, Tal Zaks, told the world straight up in December 2017 we have hacked the software of life. Wow. So, you wow. know, these mRNA injections were all along in the goal, and my heart just breaks when I realize the deception, you know, and the blindness in people today that Satan has accomplished so that they would think this was for their best interests. Right. And now as all this comes out, and in reading your book especially, it hit home for me, the the victimhood of so yeah. many people who don't know what they've done. And even some believers, right, JB, under the guise of peace and safety or security, they'll they'll take the shot yep. because they're... They're, they're the loving f- your neighbor. Yeah. Or whatever. F- oh, so what are yeah. your thoughts? Well, it is... <clears throat> Mary's exactly right. It's the great last day's deception, and uh, both believers and unbelievers have uh, fallen victim mm-hmm. uh, to it. But, yeah, that uh, mRNA... Uh, the, the tagline or the company motto, and it used to be on their website, I've still got a copy of it, you can get it from the archives, but uh, was hacking the software of life. They make no bones about it. Mm-hmm. And this is a company that had never brought one product to market ever in its history, and yet uh, Donald Trump put the, one of the board members uh, from Moderna in charge of Operation Warp Speed and handed them over $4 trillion uh, for wow. use in advancing this uh, very uh, dangerous, as we now know from the VAERS data, uh, oh my vaccine. It's not really even a vaccine. It's a gene editing bioinjection. And, you know, it's all about what I've come to realize, Mary is, and, and David, it's all about population control right. in two senses. You know, I have a whole section on population control. I can't remember if it's in volume one or volume two, but, you know, the, the, these, uh, these uh, gene altering bioinjections are accomplishing popula- population control in two senses. Number one, it's killing people. I mean, that's a fact not in dispute. If you look at the VAERS data, since 1990, when the CDC and the FDA launched uh, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and never forget that this is a government-run program, so mm-hmm. this is their own data, since 1990, all vaccines combined, there have been a reported 42,000 deaths. And remember, the system is vastly underreported. Mm-hmm. A Harvard study showed that only 10% of adverse effects are reported. Right. So, but let's just go with their numbers. 42,000 yep. deaths. 30, over 32,000 of them are from the COVID vaccine alone. So just think about it. There have been 300% more deaths since COVID from the COVID vaccine than there have been of all vaccine deaths ever reported. So it's unbelievable. So that's part of the population control. Uh, but secondly, it's about surveillance and, and a control grid because by, as we just talked about with the transhumanist agenda and, and, and Biden's uh, executive order, they want to develop these genetic engineering technologies that can be inserted in people and turn them into operating systems that can be controlled remotely, turned off, turned on, and uh, they're talking about pre-crime, knowing what you think. Uh, one of the scariest, there's a lot of scary parts in this book, Chapter 13 especially, but one of the ones that really makes my skin crawl is in this chapter on transhumanism. If you've read the Exploring Biodigital section, Biodigital Convergence, mm-hmm. they give a glimpse of what life would look like when they achieve you know, the singularity, as they call it. Wow, we've got so much more with J.B. Hickson coming up. 350 pages in this book. And uh, Mary Danielson here. We've got so much more to talk about, and we'll touch on more of the Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, 
when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, J.B. Hickson, the book. It's volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist, the Gathering Cloud of Deception. It's available at notbyworks.org. And I just went over to openvares.com. And now we are up to, we meaning uh, worldwide, 2.3 million reports of vaccine adverse events. 2.3 million. This is underreported. They're reporting 42,000 total deaths. And we are talking about these things, uh, and a lot of people would call us conspiracy theorists still, with all the information available, with more people exposing this agenda and what's in the experimental injections. We, we still are called radicals, conspiracy theorists, and, and misinformation. Uh, JB, just your brief commentary. Then we need to talk about the mark of the beast because with the technology and even the vaccines and the contents and chips that people are reportedly taking to get into their place of an employment or whatever else, identification, we need to talk about that. But just your thoughts on how the church, let's t- bring it down to the church, the body of Christ, would be deceived by some of this to the point where they would not research this and not care. They just want to be safe. They think it'll save their lives. They're taking the government's word for it. How do you explain that? Well, the Bible plainly tells us that evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's mm. 2 Timothy 3.13. So according to God's word, uh, over in this present church age, things are going to get worse and worse. Deception is going to get worse and worse. It's going to be easier to deceive, and it's also going to get easier to be deceived, which is kind of a, a powerful a one-two punch. And mm-hmm. so uh, absolutely this is all a sign of the times. Fear is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devil uses fear to motivate, uh, and it, it really worked uh, in a, a you know, powerful way with this pandemic because they showed all of these vivid images of people locked in nursing homes dying while their family can't even give them a hug. And uh, they just really struck fear in the hearts of people. And sadly, most people and most believers don't have a solid biblical framework uh, to really know how to discern and reject lies and identify lies. And so that's one of the things we're trying to do with these books is just to, you know, both wake up believers as well as a lot of unbelievers are reading these books because, you know, they've awakened that to, to the reality that something's not right mm-hmm. based on the election and the pandemic, but they may have never thought about the Lord or grown up in church. And so by reading these books and kind of putting it together from a biblical worldview, People are hearing the gospel, uh, which is clearly uh, presented in the book, and uh, and hopefully coming to faith. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all just about deception, and that's why we've got to combat that with the truth. Okay, so we've heard reports on some companies now going to this, this chip as far as an identification, uh, a way of employees just getting this chip, and voluntarily emphasize on that point it's voluntarily some of them are saying okay we'll put this in my wrist so that i can just wave my hand in front of this thing at the door when i come in um it's fascinating the technology that 20 30 years ago we never would have really imagined that we'd be here in the year 2022 so it's a precursor to the mark of the beast which we can talk about and i know you have a lot to say about that jb yeah yeah so um, we were talking during the break uh, off air that about how for, for years, and I think Mary commented, people were looking at new technology and saying, oh, this could be the mark of the beast, things like RFID chips or the UPC codes and barcodes and so forth. But what's different now, what makes this situation different, is these are not just things that could be the mark of the beast. The Luciferians themselves are telling us that they're going to use this new technology to control how you can buy and sell, whether you can buy and sell, where you can buy and sell, where you can travel, and so on. They're actually telling us that. In the past, it's all been technology that ostensibly was being used for other normal, everyday type things, inventory tracking or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now they're coming right out and saying, no, we're going to use this 
to tell you whether you can buy and sell. Well, when you go to Revelation 13, that's exactly what the purpose of the mark of the beast is, so that you will not be able to buy anything without government permission. They must allow you to do it. And so this is what really, I think, crosses into new territory. Uh, again, uh, we the mark of the beast will not be rolled out until after the rapture, till halfway through the tribulation period, after the abomination of desolation. So we're not saying that this type of technology or the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, uh, air quotes, uh, is, uh, is the mark of the beast. But we're saying that it actually more closely resembles, you know, one for one exactly what the description of the mark of the beast is in Revelation 13 than anything else before in human history. Are there any recent examples that we have to give people an indication of how this might come into play other than I'm, I'm thinking off, off the top of my head, I think of what uh, Emperor Trudeau up there in Canada did when uh, the, the truckers, the Freedom Rally, he froze their bank accounts or, or did something where they couldn't access. And yeah. this is startling that a modern government would do this, but there will be someone in power that will say you are allowed to use your debit card or your credit card, you can buy and sell, and then you over there, you are not allowed. Are there any other modern examples that you can think of so people understand how this could happen? Oh, several. In fact, uh, uh, it, it kind of similar in terms of its technological technological control grid, but China just uh, summarily wiped the AirDrop app from all of the Apple iPhones over in China because protesters were using airdrop to you know to trade pictures and videos of the protest so they just wow. boom you you pick up your phone and all of a sudden that feature is gone mm. <laughs> so what we don't understand is that with with the technology with smartphones and computers and internet and cloud-based stuff all it takes is the push of a button to to wipe something off of of your phone and there have been examples there was an example recently on the samsung phones i say recently it's probably been in the last year if i if my memory serves where Everybody with a Samsung phone got this strange alert, uh, and and it was a glitch, they claim, uh, but you know, I believe it was more of a test. They were rolling out a test to see if they could, if they needed to, if they could communicate with everyone at once. Wow. So that's why it's so laughable to me when people think that our uh, electronic voter tabulation machines are somehow safe. I mean, look, if they can hack into the NSA servers, if they can control everyone's cell phone remotely, of course they can control uh, the digital vote tabulation. Of course. So, uh, I mean, it's just it's just a reality. It's funny because the more they want to connect every human and the world together, they also want a kill switch. They want to be able to say, no, now we're going to disconnect you. And so much for your socialism, although Revelation 13 talks about small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, the mark is your great leveler. But at some point, it will be um, an eternal decision. So people think that strong delusion is one thing in the technology today, but I was wondering if you could address that eternal significance. What changes that makes it no longer about getting groceries for your family, but now it's an eternal decision um, for the lake of fire if you take this mark? I mean, what... I'm interested in what you think about what would make that mark. Is there DNA in that mark, or, or what's the counterfeit? What's the counterfeit Christianity about the about the mark? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. So just to clarify, it's very important that we always keep in mind that there's only one way to be saved, from Genesis to Revelation, from Adam until the new heavens and the new earth. Everyone gets saved the same way, and that is by faith alone in Christ alone. So uh, that's the means by which we receive eternal life. We're born again. We're, mm -hmm. we're uh, adopted into the family of God. Name is written in Lamb's Book of Life and so on. Mm -hmm. The same thing will be true during the tribulation. So we always mm -hmm. want to clarify that the Revelation 13 passage is not suggesting a person goes to hell because they take the mark. Uh, it just is descriptive in saying that all those who are unsaved or actually not all those, only those who are unsaved will take the mark. So it's not a cause and effect thing. Hmm. The only, according to Jesus in, in uh, John chapter uh, 8, verse 24, the only thing that keeps someone from being saved is unbelief. He says, if you do not believe in me, you will die in your sins, and you'll end up paying the eternal penalty for that sin. So all we can speculate based on Revelation 13 is that for reasons known only to God in the tribulation period, no believers will ever take the mark. It's impossible, mm -hmm. and those who do take the mark will only be unbelievers. But I just want to clarify, they're not going to hell because they took the mark. 
that would be works-based salvation. And, of course, Scripture mm-hmm. repeatedly tells us salvation is a free gift gained only by faith. Amen. So, um, so you know, the fact is, though, something does happen for those unbelievers who are deceived and take the mark that, you know, seals their fate. Uh, at that point, and it's it's kind of like in the first century, Jesus talked about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and that was a sin that the Jewish leaders committed when they once and for all finally totally rejected Christ and even assigned or ascribed his miracles as being the works of Satan. And at that point, Jesus said, you know, you've 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 you know gone too far. You've committed the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I think there's a parallel there to what might be happening in the tribulation period when unbelievers uh, line up uh, to take this mark. But it's it's going to be pretty easy. We saw kind of a test run of it with with COVID. I mean, a you know, we, we've never had a SARS-CoV vaccine before. SARS-CoV-1, over 20 years, never have, still don't have a vaccine. Yet they rolled out a quote-unquote vaccine for SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, uh, in a matter of months. It's first-time technology, never before been used. The data shows that it's killing people at exponential rates. Uh, and by the way, sometimes people will say to me, uh, Mary and David, you know, hey, uh, you know, I took the vaccine, or I know so-and-so took the vaccine, and they, nothing happened to them. Well, you need to understand there are different batches of this, you know, mm. vaccine manufacturing. There was a study done that was incredibly profound, showing that all of the adverse effects are coming from a very small select group of, of batches of this manufactured these manufactured vaccines. So, you know, if you took the vaccine and didn't have any adverse effects, well, thank the Lord, but you, you kind of got lucky, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just amazing how easily people will be deceived, and they took this experimental vaccine because they were told to. Uh, and I, I don't mean to you know, be too harsh or paint with too broad of a brush. I understand for many people that it was a very painful, deliberate decision. Mm-hmm. Maybe their job depended on it, their travel depended on it. Uh, there are lots of reasons that people might be compelled to take it. But for, for the vast majority of the masses, it was just, oh, I need to take this vaccine. Let me roll up my sleeve. Where do I go? And and they didn't think through it, and they believed the lie. Mm. JB, I want to go back to a quote in this article from Leo Homan. And this is Karen Kingston, a former Pfizer employee and now an analyst for the pharmaceutical and medical device industries. She said this. Remember, former Pfizer employee. She said, um, let me read between the lines for America. Biden's 2022 executive order declares that Americans must surrender all human rights that stand in the way of transhumanism. Clinical trial safety standards and informed consent will be eradicated as they stand in the way of universally unleashing gene editing technologies needed to merge humans with AI. Uh, and it goes on, but JB, is she overstating? Absolutely not. And in volume one of Spirit of the Antichrist, in chapter 10, I have a whole section on eugenics and uh, population control, and I Ask the question: you know, Would would the government ever hurt its own citizens? <laughs> and they've got we've got countless examples mm-hmm. of a blind experiment. Blind meaning uh, the, the people unwitting participants being used as lab rats. Uh, in some cases, by the thousands in the military and in uh, children's homes and orphanages and even just general citizens in the public. Uh, uh, like the Tuskegee experiment. Uh, so it's, it's just a matter of degree for them to then, you know, go to the next step and, and make everyone in America, uh, lab rats. Uh, but no, she's not overstating it at all. It's, it's part of their depopulation agenda, as I talked about, uh, a moment ago. Well, Margaret Sanger was a big uh, advocate for this, what we're seeing today in the birth control movement. And she was a eugenicist. She was a racist. She was an atheist. Some say socialist. She had so much in her background. But she really, really inspired Hitler's Germany at that time in the 1930s. She started in around 1918, I think. Her birth, her first uh, birth control review uh, came out. And she had a connection with one of the eugenicists over in Germany and inspired them. And they even said that at the Nuremberg trials, that, that America's eugenicist program was inspirational to the Nazis. So that, that we have some amazing 
population control history in our own country that we fail to go back and look at. Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was 1921. She started the American Birth Control League, which later became uh, Planned, Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. But uh, you know, she, she, we, there there was a time in the early part of the 20th century when every major city in America had a eugenics office, and even to this day, especially in some places along the South, you can find historical markers uh, on street corners explaining, "Hey, this is where the eugenics office of such and such a town used to be." So uh, this was a very popular uh luciferian uh agenda yes and, and by the way let me let me just back up and clarify uh you know the turn of the 20th century was a watershed moment for the luciferian conspiracy you know as we've talked about before in your show they really thought when they founded america that this would be a beachhead for the new world order but they vastly underestimated the power of god the power of faith the power of god's word the power of the christian influence amen and so they kind of very quickly lost control as america became one of the mightiest the mightiest christian nation ever in human history and did more for the cause of christ but by the time the late 1800s with john d rockefeller and some of these other uh you know luciferian groups uh, came around they said we've got to get control of this thing so it was the turn of the 20th century early 1900s that they changed medicine they changed education they changed politics everything became uh, under their real explicit control and they at that time set a deadline of look sometime in the next hundred years or so is when we want to accomplish what we set out to accomplish all along, which is a one-world system. Mm. And that's why you have people like Alice Bailey and Helena Blavatsky and others talking about the 2020s, channeling demons and being told, hey, this is our target time. So wow. everything's right on schedule yep. from, from their perspective. You know. Okay, one minute left, so we won't ask another question and have to cut you off, <laughs> JB. But I want <laughs> to re- no remind everybody, this it goes by so fast with you. Um, the website is notbyworks.org, and you can get The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. Where else can people get it, JB? Yeah, so uh, spiritoftheantichrist.org okay. is uh, the best place to go, and it's going to give you a, a link to both books. You can read the preface. You can look at the table of contents, see all of the topics that we talk about. But, yeah, spiritoftheantichrist.org, um, and uh, you can purchase them uh, right there. Uh, and so, yeah, we'd love, love to put it in your hands. All right, we're going to talk about worshiping creation rather than the creator when we come back, the climate crisis acting as a catalyst for a new world religion, and JB has a chapter called The Coming One World Religion. We'll go there when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Oh my goodness, there's so much we could continue to talk about when it comes to depopulation and the, the people openly speaking out about limiting the human, human beings on the earth, uh, from Bill Gates to Yuval Noah Harari. We've already quoted him in the previous podcast with J.B. Hickson. Uh, we did a podcast with John Haller where we played audio clips of Harari and things he says such as humans are hackable animals. That's their worldview. That's what they believe. They are gods. But we have to move on uh, for the sake of time. Chapter 14 in J.B.'s book, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, is called The Coming One World Religion. And I just want to read a quote I found over at Harbinger's Daily um, on this topic and how Alex Newman talked about yesterday coming back from Egypt and the uh, the conference over there, the COP27, the UN Climate Conference. Um, the ten, The new Ten Commandments, so to speak, are not so new. The Ten Commandments of Climate Change were devised some time ago by Pope Francis. All right, friends, enter a new character into the conversation or in the discussion. An article from 2015 cites the Pope calling for a cultural revolution to halt the disturbing warming of our planet. The actual document is 184 pages long. It's no surprise that Pope Francis is a leading voice in promoting the coming together of world religions to address what is widely perceived as an existential crisis, as Biden, the Biden Democrats are saying, it's in climate change is an existential threat. So, JB, how does the, that's politics, that's our government. How does the Pope and world religions and religious leaders play into all this? Yeah, uh, 
in in the new book, um, in that section on the coming one world religion, I talk about the Congress of Leaders of the World and Traditional Religions that was mm. held September fifteenth, twenty twenty two. You know, by the way, as a side note, one of the one of the amazing things about uh, the con- the data in this book is that even after we had done the first draft and we're doing the final editing, there stuff was happening so fast in the world that we went back in and inserted, you know, <laughs> up to the minute data and news yep. reports and things. So here's an example. You know, the book came out in October is when it was published, and here I'm citing up in this chapter of something from September yes. 15th of this wow. year. So, yeah. but anyway, Pope Francis attended that. It was a two-day Congress. And at the end of the meeting, everyone signed, all 108 participants signed, you know, this declaration that included things like, we call upon religious leaders to develop dialogue in the name of friendship, solidarity, and peaceful coexistence. In other words, they're drawing uh, circles of inclusion rather than lines of distinction. So, you know, a conservative Bible teaching religious leader can sit next to a Muslim cleric or, you know, a Buddhist, um, Another thing they had to sign was, we stand in solidarity with the efforts of the United Nations. Wow. So there it is, the merging of religious wow. uh, entities with, you know, one world government. So it's it's the mystery of Babylon that uh, Revelation talks about uh, being unfolding right before our very eyes, a one world political, religious, and economic system all wrapped up uh, into one. They also... Note the thing that they sign says, we note the inevitability of global digital development. We appeal to all people of faith and goodwill to unite. Uh, we call for solidarity in the support of international response to the COVID pandemic. So again, they're using the COVID pandemic as a pretext to make all this happen. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's literally, you know, snatched from the headlines. And I'm not a newspaper exegesis guy by any means. Anybody that knows me knows that. But it's like when they're when they're literally saying things mm-hmm. that are drawn directly from Scripture without even knowing it. Yep. I mean, at some point you got to point that out. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about you know in Romans where it says they worship the creature rather than the Creator, and I think even a few years ago I may not have known exactly what that meant, and I still probably don't. But but the whole idea of the climate change. It's one thing to want to protect the beauty and the waterways. I mean, who doesn't want clean water? Who doesn't want good food? Now we're seeing that it is being used as a premise or an umbrella to change the world in ways that it really shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? It's so out of proportion with what it should be. And I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about how it is changing our culture and our world um, and creating laws that shouldn't exist and and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. What, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you caught this, but in chapter uh, two, under the great the section called the Great Narrative, I talk about King Charles the Third, formerly Prince mm-hmm. Charles, uh, how he launched an initiative back in uh, 2021 called Terra Carta, the Earth Charter, and maybe you've talked about this on your program before, but it's a seventeen-page document that basically proposes a climate recovery plan that asserts, quote, the fundamental rights and values of nature. And it's a, the title of this document that Prince Charles put forth was, was Terra Carta. It's kind of a play on the 1215 Magna Carta, mm-hmm. which is the basis for British common law and basically the, the, you know, basic undergirding the U.S. Constitution, the Magna Carta. Well, he says, no, we don't need a Magna Carta that guarantees human rights. Uh, we need a Terra Carta that guarantees the land as having some kind of an inalienable, God-given rights. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it's just sickening. It's exactly what Romans 1 says, Mary, as you talk, as you referenced, that we are, we are turning both man and nature into gods, and, which is Satan's way of marginalizing the one true creator God. He hates God. He wanted to usurp the throne in heaven. He couldn't do it. So he took one third of the angels that were allegiant to him. You know, God kicked him out of heaven and he's been trying to win this battle. Uh, ever since and mm-hmm. he does so by you know incrementalism uh and it's rapidly you know coming to a to a climax here but he's trying to convince people that god is nothing special that god's highest pinnacle of creation mankind made in his image is nothing special and uh this terra carta is a classic example of that well and because of everything you just said it says that god gave them over they wouldn't retain god 
uh, in their knowledge. So he gave them over to a debased mind. And I think, is there anything more frightening in the scriptures than to read, and God gave them over? Mm. And is that what we are seeing right now in leadership, Luciferian, that God has given people over to this? Yeah, but it's not too late. I mean, there is nothing more frightening uh, because we're dealing with matters of eternal a consequence here, right. uh, but uh, as we say, and I've said often, you, we, we just implore you, if you're listening to this program and you've your interest has been piqued because of all the things happening in this world, it's changing so rapidly, let me remind you to ask yourself, uh, you know, spiritual questions and, and ask yourself, uh, do you know the Lord and where will you spend eternity? And, you know, get into the Word of God that plainly tells us it's only because Jesus died and rose again for our sins that you can uh, be saved. So, uh, it's time is of the essence. It's it is urgent. indeed. Yep. Well, uh, we if we love others, we will tell them the truth. And you've got at the very end of your book, volume two, it says ignore at your own risk. Um, yeah. you, we are just trying to get this out there to as many people as we can to, of course, point people to Jesus and the gospel. The only thing, the only way they can get saved. But also for believers, especially, and that's our audience here, uh, to understand these things, what's happening in light of Bible prophecy, in light of discerning uh, what's going on in today's day and how far we've come and what we can learn. Um, you know, we're not surprised. Most of us, JB, I would say, are not surprised by any of this. I want to go back really briefly. We just got five minutes left, six minutes, really briefly. I don't remember where I read this or where I, I studied a little bit about the um, when Reagan in 1989 stood before the wall, the Great Wall, and said, tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. Um, people, I think, naively thought, oh, great, that's an end to communism, communism, world communism. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. But it didn't end because the environmental movement was just took off. And I believe, and I, I want you to just clarify and share us your thoughts, that a lot of communists found their way to the environmental movement, the global warming, uh, climate change, and now here we are today. It is communism in many ways in their regulations and what their end goals are. JB, uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, uh, we don't have time to flesh it out on, on this program, <laughs> no. uh, unless, of course, you can extend me to a second hour, but uh, that's highly unlikely <laughs> with your scheduling, programming schedule. Yeah. But uh, the dirty little secret that people don't realize is that communism never fell. Exactly. It was all contrived by the Luciferian agenda. It went underground, and it's still been pulling the strings of power, and that's, you know, uh, that has that has implications for Putin and Zelensky and yeah. you know, Putin's background in the KGB and a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on my podcast but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's communism isn't the ultimate enemy but it's clearly uh a key cog in the luciferian agenda and it's uh it certainly has reared its head but i I don't think it's been a revival or a resurrection of communism i think it was all by design exactly so where can people hear your podcast uh, so just go to notbyworks.org and uh, click on the podcast page or anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on every major uh, provider, dozens of them, literally. Uh, if you just search for Not By Works Ministries, you can subscribe to our podcast channel. We do four or five a week, and I'd uh, love to have you on the, on the team. Okay, Mary, did you have a final question for JB or comment, quote? My mind is full because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been reading the book. I think it's brilliant. There's so much in here. I really encourage people to get the book. Because even if you don't necessarily have um, have it all down, prophecy is such a huge subject, yep. you, you will get an awful lot out of this book that you can use. So it's Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. And we'd also, of course, encourage you to get Volume 1 if you haven't. Um, there's just so much, as Mary said earlier, so much great research. And, JB, I just thank you for your voice. Thank you for the work that you've poured into this. And I know you do it out of a love for the truth and the body of Christ, that we would be informed, that we would wake up and understand the times. Your final thoughts in the last uh, four minutes we have. Yeah, so thank you guys. First of all, you guys are on the front lines of uh, uh, promoting truth, and you have uh, so many great subjects that you cover day after day. I don't know how you do it, honestly. I have trouble just you know preparing for one show, and <laughs> you do it day after day. But yeah, you guys have been a great blessing to Not By Works Ministries because you've given us a, a, a platform to help, you know, advance this message of God's amazing grace and, of course, sound the alarm. But, 
Yeah, I would say, you know, the, the takeaway for me today would just be a reminder that there is an urgency to the hour. It's not something we should be scared about, but Amen. we do need to be prepared for. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, stay in the word, uh, be informed, see what's coming, because it's happening a lot faster, uh, you know, than we, than a lot of people think. And by the way, you're welcome, JB. We have sent people to your church there in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. And t- Come on back, you and Mary both, you know, all of you, and you and Susanna, or Rosanna, we'd love to have you guys uh, back again. I need to get you on the calendar to speak at our church next year. Well, I would just love to come and do it. We had such a fun time doing the Q&A um, last year that we did. That was, that was just a good time. Um, so, JB, uh, Plum Creek Chapel, the book, of course, The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2, but the, the 2 is the most current, up-to-date, and as you said, as an author, I understand how difficult it is to get current information into a book when you're in the publishing process. So I'm going to have to ask you later how you did that. It's pretty amazing to me that you're, you, it came out in October, but yet you're, you're citing things in September. But uh, JB, we appreciate your ministry and this is going to have to be a, um, well, travel safe, get back from the conference in Texas back to Colorado, but a Merry Christmas to you and Wendy and your congregation. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Uh, remember, spiritoftheantichrist.org is the best place to go if you want to Amen. check it out. All right, brother. Thank you so Thank you. much. We will do it again, Lord willing. Thanks, brother. All right, so uh, we're going to do a replay tomorrow of a podcast we have not re-aired. And why are these so important when we re-air a podcast? We often get more comments on the Wednesdays that we re-air a previous podcast then we get on, you know, typical live podcasts every day. It's interesting. What does that tell us? It means a lot of people don't get to listen every day to the podcasts. And when they do, they're, they, they miss a lot of it. So we are going to re-air a podcast entitled, There's a Time to Preach and a Time to Fight. Acts 529 with pastors Bill Cook and Stephen Mannion. We had them on the line. I think Bill is from New York. Stephen, I think it was, from Virginia. We had them on, uh, two Patriot pastors. We had a great time uh, talking about this time that we are in as a church. There's a time to preach and a time to fight. Thursday, Mary and I will be back with a live podcast with Jay Siegert. And for Mary, uh, just we have a minute left. Uh, just your thoughts. You get to interview a lot of these people for the first time. It must be kind of fun. It is fun. And some of them I know, Jay, I've met. And um, some of the guests I don't know. And I'm really enjoying the diversity of the guests and the, the gifts the Lord has given them and what they bring to the table. So some's more of a learning curve than others. Yeah. Other shows for me, but I'm still uh, enjoying so much doing the research on them. So briefly, um, Friday we've got Linda Harvey on of Mission America. There's a new book out, Lighthouse Trails. It came out. It's out this week. What's it called again? Oh, The Social Justice. Yeah. Christ- a Christian, Christ- Christian perspective on social justice. A Christian perspective on social justice. I almost got the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> oh, no, you did. You gotta- <laughs> no, you did. Absolutely. I'm old, so... <laughs> Okay, yeah. so we will talk about that on Friday. And Linda Harvey was one of the contributors with a chapter there. And our own Mary Danielson was a contributor with one of the chapters. Also, Carl Tykrib and many, many others. So we'll talk about that on Friday. Guys, so much. I'm looking ahead to next week. My goodness. Pastor Steve Smotherman, John Haller, Nathaniel Jeanson, Carl Tykrib, Patrick Wood. <sighs> How do we do it? Well, it's God. God gives us the strength. And so pray for this ministry. Thanks again for sharing the podcast. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.